Yo, what's up, people? It's a Monday, so you know what that means. It's your boy Bob Rock, and this is the uh, a live podcast for the drifters by a drifter. So, guys, how's everyone doing? How's the weekend? What you get up to? Did you hit the track? Uh, started a new project, maybe? Got a new chassis? Perhaps you got some new upgrades. You'll put it on uh, how's that working out for you um, let us know let's see who we who we get in here uh, so yeah guys it's been uh, so far so good um, the live podcast is a little bit uh, challenging in that I'm not quite getting the, the kind of uh, audio quality I'd like to put out um, and that's probably because I'm doing this in my car on the way home. Uh, but I assure you, as the days go by or as the weeks go by, I promise to give you guys a better show, a better sounding show, a better quality sounding show. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's been fun so far. I've been getting some nice feedback from people, some nice comments. Uh, also a little bit of uh, crits as well which uh, I really appreciate because I, I will never know how good or bad a show is if I don't get that kind of feedback from you guys ah that's awesome Hank uh, good to hear good to hear uh, uh, thanks for uh, commenting back as well I appreciate it I read everyone's comments and uh, it's nice to know you guys are keeping the, the RC hobby going, you know. Just keep it up, keep it up. Um, so we had a few good episodes uh, so far. Um, and for today's episode, I had some really interesting, some nice uh, comments from a very good friend of mine who um, I've looked up to for a while. And eventually when I went to Worlds, I managed to, to meet up with him. What a fantastic guy, so down to earth, um, and he's given me some really good ideas, so which I think would apply globally, but it's also somewhat directed at you guys across the pond there, up in Europe, <laughs> so we'll get into that in a little while. Um, so to start off things, uh, as usual, what I, what I like to do is to first direct my my conversation at uh, the newbies, the new guys, the guys just entering the, the hobby, the guys uh, who's keen on getting into the hobby and how we can keep them in the hobby and help them grow. And perhaps with that, uh, with the way we approach the new guys uh, that's in the hobby, uh, it'll encourage them to bring in their friends or other people looking in will get encouraged by the way we treat these new guys so it's all about how we how we approach them how we speak to them um, and this is coming from guys who are experienced guys who are in the game um, yeah you know the thing with the new guys is that you're gonna find them asking the most silly and and annoying con uh, questions that you'll come across 
and you probably heard this question over and over so many times and we know how annoying it can be but you know we we have a, a certain level of uh, duty and obligation to still answer those questions uh, because this hobby we're doing is not you must remember it's not just for us it's also for What we do also affects the people around us so we must keep that in mind that we want the new guys to to stay in the hobby because they're sort of the next generation you know also the young kids they definitely gonna react to the way we react to them or react to others now if they see that we are a little bit harsh or a little bit stern and we sort of develop this, these elitist cliques or this sort of uh, high-level circles that you only stick to certain people. Uh, you know, that's kind of discouraging. So part of that conversation that we're starting off with is watching the newbies and watching the new guys coming, in, uh, coming into Drift. You must have seen new guys coming to your track and they're looking a little bit awkward they're not quite sure what to do they sort of they put the car down and they they buy themselves and and try and drift and not get get it right and um you know you see them frustrated so i i'm sure you must have you may have either been there or you must have seen this happening so we gotta, uh, you gotta keep an eye out for these, for this young guys, these new guys, these fresh faces. We want to have these guys. We want to encourage these guys because these are the guys that are gonna support the track. They're gonna go back home. They're gonna speak to their friends and they're gonna say like, you know what? I just hit the local track uh, near where I stay and these guys are absolutely awesome i didn't i was struggling by myself and all these guys just came by me and they just started helping me out and getting my uh my car track ready and they tuned it and whilst they were tuning it they were teaching me as well you know this environment that we should ideally be developing at our tracks it's the it's a mentality of uh, helping each other and being there uh, for each other because largely the RC drifting uh, community is more than a community it's more like uh, a brotherhood more like family so we need to develop that kind of thing uh, it costs nothing it costs absolutely nothing guys please remember that at one point you didn't know something and somebody taught you so to share that knowledge also encourages the longevity of that knowledge and in turn uh, helps the longevity of the the hobby itself of drifting itself so keep that in mind the next time you see uh, a new guy at your track or a new guy uh, asking for help or anybody asking for help uh, for that matter so, you know, we want to see 
for generations and generations guys so it doesn't help the hobby if you hoard your knowledge you must share you must share your knowledge or you must be keen to share your knowledge even if it's a little bit we know that the drifting can get very competitive and you know at times you don't want to you know we want to win you know so you want to give a little bit but not give everything away and that's okay uh, you know that's okay but you you want to you want to see people also not struggle uh, and that's my personal opinion um, i hate to see uh, a fellow drifter struggle with his car because i know what it's like because i've been there i've i've struggled horribly with my car many a time and i've had excellent help from the guys around me so uh, in turn what i do is share the knowledge again we want the longevity of that uh, of the RC drifting hobby to to carry on so watch out for the new guy at your local track approach him nicely maybe he's the kind of person that um he wants to learn things by himself he wants to rough it out a little bit uh, so perhaps when you approach him you know just introduce yourself try and break the ice a little bit make him feel comfortable and then ask him like you know what i i notice you're having some trouble with your car uh, do you need some help you want me to have a look try and approach it approach him that way instead of telling the guy straight up dude you know what your track uh, your your car is absolutely terrible like what the hell are you doing do you even know what you're doing don't be uh, aggressive with your approach be uh, be a, a little bit polite and I just ask him you know what do you need some help because some people may not uh, want to be helped it's strange but true so ask him you know you need some help or ask her you need some help and if they want your help they will say they will either say yes or no and then it, you know you take it from there so the next thing i want to talk about which is somewhat related to checking the new guy out at your track is track side etiquette guys this is a very important uh, topic when you are at your local track you firstly if you are new to the track go up to the guys who who run the track or go up to the guys who you think are the the regulars and ask the guys okay so where are the track rules what are the track rules uh don't just go there and assume that you you know what's going on at the track uh just because you've paid your track fee doesn't give you the right to drive anyhow and it doesn't give you the uh, and it doesn't mean that you can just uh, it's okay for you to to damage uh, you know hit the guardrails hit the props and oh no it's fine these guys are taking care of it i paid my track fee so therefore i can drift how i want to guys these people who run the tracks or will the tracks have put a huge amount of effort and spent quite a bit of money and a lot of the times it's money out of their own pocket that they spend to do up this track so that you can enjoy it 
So it's really important that you you pay heed and you and you pay attention to the the track rules where you need to put your your RC gear. Where's the pit area? Uh, how you treat your the the pit area? Uh, what are the rules uh, when it uh, with regards to charging your batteries? Keep you taking care of the area around you. Taking care of your RC gear. Don't just leave it laying around. Um, and especially drifting on the track where you enter into the track how you come off what's the etiquette with uh, the, if your car suddenly dies down uh, what's the etiquette when your battery just dies what's the etiquette with, with simply stopping guys you can't do that you can't just simply stop on the, on the track because somebody uh, you see somebody you know you can't You've got to pull off one side. You've got to warn others that when your car is, uh, there's a breakdown with your car, it, it died on you all of a sudden. You've got to, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of track rules, different track rules that people have uh, set in place so that you can have a better drift experience so that the track lasts longer. <coughs> Excuse me. So that when you're, uh, the next time you come to the track, it's not looking like it's in a terrible condition, you know? Um, okay, so I'm just reading a, a comment here by Hank. First time he arrived at the track, he just, uh, he just did donuts and didn't know how to tune his chassis. And then Frank, Frank Fan, ah, oh, that's awesome. Frank was from SA, was from South Africa, and then he moved up to uh, the US, and we miss him so much, so much. Not just for his presence, but also his knowledge. He's, he's incredibly knowledgeable, uh, knowledgeable when it comes to drifting and how to uh, tune your car. Okay, so Frank came over and was a big help to him, and now he's having the time of his life. That's fantastic, Hank. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Frank has been incredibly helpful to anybody and everybody that's approached him. I know when uh, the when I first got into drifting as well and he came down to Durban, he's been so, so helpful uh, to me especially. Just showing me his chassis and what I should do and how I should build uh, uh, my shocks, for example. So, the big up to you, Frank. Uh, and big up to you, Hank. Really, that's awesome. Okay, so I just want to read another uh, comment here from uh, Jean-Luc. Uh, here's a new guy that actually uh, joined my, my club, the East Coast RC Drift Club. So, it says, uh, big up to you and the club. Uh, thanks, buddy. It's been two weeks now since he's at the track. And everybody's been very helpful and big ups to them too. Great track, great people. Thanks, John. You know, that's what drifting is all about. It's all about the people. And just going out there, having fun uh, with your friends, banging the doors, getting the track. That's what it's about. So thank you so much for that. Uh, okay, so we do, we touched on the uh, on the new guys uh, and how we should 
uh, try and be a little bit more approachable and assist them uh, when we see them at our track. We don't want to leave a new guy standing there all awkward looking like I don't know what the hell to do. I mean, I've been there a few times, not with, uh, not with drifting, with, with other stuff, uh, with other hobbies that I had done previously. Um, and you know, it, it's not a nice feeling because you're like, you're standing there and you're looking around and you're not quite sure what to do. You sort of have an idea of what to do, but you don't really know what to do. And you, you're sort of trying to see somebody who looks kind of approachable and you want to see somebody who's, you know, you want to ask for help, but you're not quite sure. Um, so I'm, I'm saying the, the experience guys, uh, please help, you know look out for the new guys and see if somebody's looking a bit awkward approach them uh, in a nice manner uh, in a warm manner so that uh, they'd be a little bit more open they won't be uh, uh, fearful in asking questions and just try and help them because like I said earlier that's gonna add to the longevity of your club of the track and of the hobby uh, as a whole because that's what we want. We want to see drifting going on for generations, as I've said earlier. Uh, then we touched on the trackside etiquette. Make sure you read the rules of the track that you are visiting. Don't just go there and uh, think that uh, everything's okay. You can run anyhow uh, just because you, you paid your track fee. Guys, this is not on. Track, uh, uh, track owners and club organizers have, have spent a lot of time and money creating a track that looks good uh, and that needs to last uh, a long time just for your drifting pleasure. Not only for theirs, but for yours. So please be mindful of the track etiquette, how to, how to behave on the track, uh, how to keep your area clean, uh, making sure that all your your equipment is in order making sure that you don't just stop uh, suddenly on the track and, and say hi to your friend to your buddies whatever uh, warning people uh, that you know what your car is suddenly died on you because you must remember you're not the only one drifting on the track and also don't just walk on the track god that that really grates me don't just walk on the track like that. Make, a, make it known that there's an issue with your car or make the marshal, the, if you have a track marshal, make him aware that your, your car has suddenly died off so that he uh, and yourself can warn others that, you know what, there's a, there's a car that's on the track that stopped dead. Be careful. Because uh, as much as we want to have fun and these are inverted commas, toys that's a separate topic i want to get into later we have spent a lot of hard-earned money on these on this hobby grade cars and we don't just want to want to damage them just like that we want to take care of them uh, you know so let's be a little bit more mindful about that guys so the next thing i want to uh, talk about now is i want to get into a little bit of a debate and i'd love to hear more from you guys about this next topic um, so the next thing I, uh, I want to talk about is 
uh, and not really to to stir the pot but I want to start a conversation about uh, chassis about rear wheel drive chassis because that's that's currently in now that's the game rear wheel drive is the game now you want to talk about uh, other stuff uh, like CS we'll have a conversation about that in the next episode rear wheel drive is the game people it's where you want to be it's what you want to be drifting <clears throat> it's not about what the cool kids are doing now it's not about what's the trend it's it's the entire involvement of uh, drifting I think uh, and wanting to replicate a real drifting so rear wheel drive has proven uh, to be uh, the the, the point of where you want to be drifting so in terms of chassis right now we have three dominating brands with three dominating uh, chassis you can have your own opinions and that's awesome but there's three main brands and three chassis currently that's uh, that's probably the way to go and that's excluding the conversion kits and all those other stuff that we can always talk about uh, later. So you must know that the three brands I'm talking about is Yokomo, Overdose, and MST. Those are your three main brands at the moment. So we want to do a little comparison or perhaps start a debate or conversation. I won't say debate, I'd say conversation. Um, about the YD2 versus the Overdose Gun, the MST RMX. So let's hear it, guys. What are you drifting with? Why are you drifting with with that chassis? Um, is it just a preference thing, or, or what is it? Hey, do you think your your chassis is is better than the other two brands. Recently, I uh, got myself an overdose gun. I've been wanting an overdose for a really long time. A really, really long time. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, I had a poor connection there, so I went on pause. Uh, for the guys that's, uh, that's listening, please could I ask, uh, please share the link. Let's try and get the more people listening in. Um, so yeah, uh, what I was saying was uh, those calm and the, and the YD2. I got the YD2 first, had it for a long time, um, really learned all the technical side of drifting uh, from uh, the YD2. Uh, and then I also recently got myself the Overdose Gum, uh, a chassis which I've wanted for like forever. Uh, I've wanted something in Overdose for a really long time because for me, uh, Overdose was, uh, is sort of, uh, how can I put it? Uh, it's a high-end chassis, whether you, it's a high-end brand, no matter which way you look at it. It's a high-end brand, uh, but I think ever since they came out with the gum, uh, uh, it's been uh, as a competitive chassis. I'd say it's uh, uh, affordable, 
considering what you're getting uh, when you're buying a chassis, I think it's it's worth it. Uh, so the for the guys that's just uh, listening in, uh, we are on our sort of a third kind of uh, topic really where we we're talking about we're having a conversation about the YD2 versus the GAM versus the MST RMX. Why have you chosen your the chassis you're drifting with? Are you drifting with both chassis? Do you have all three maybe? So let's hear. Uh, let's hear from you guys. How do you find your chassis drifting? So for me, the YD2, fantastic chassis to drift with. Straight out of the box, uh, the plastic. Uh, I had the plastic version, and then I moved up to uh, the uh, aluminium and carbon fiber version. Uh, huge, huge, huge shout out to my boy Asif. From uh, from Kuwait, that that guy is he's just ha- he's he has a heart of platinum, not even gold, platinum. Uh, he hooked me up with this with the SPL made uh, YD2 with the uh, aluminium upgrades front to back. Jeez, uh, you know. And when I met him for the first time at Worlds, uh, you know he. Jeez, uh, you know, I can't. Even, I don't even have the words to describe how grateful I am to this guy and what a big heart he has. Uh, and thank you again, Asif. You know, you are one in tens of billions, bro. Really. So, for the for me, the YD2 has been really, really uh, fantastic. It's a great chassis, straight out of the box, a manual build, stock build. It requires minimal amount of uh, tuning to get it to, to run, uh, which is fantastic, which is what you want, uh, especially for a beginner. Um, uh, and then eventually I started uh, changing one thing at a time to get the car right. And I had this thing running very smooth right where I wanted it. Um, obviously, when I went to Worlds, I needed a little bit more work on it. But that was just uh, because of my uh, lack of experience in rear-wheel drive and uh, and a lack in knowledge on uh, on the technical side of rear-wheel drive. Uh, but once uh, once I got to Worlds, everything that's when everything changed, and I, uh, with all the help I received, I became a much better drifter, much more knowledgeable drifter. So the YD2 is actually uh, quite a fantastic uh, platform to start off with. And drift, I would recommend that to anybody. Uh, so, I've drifted the the RMX uh, as well. Um, it, I found it to be a very different uh, uh, chassis to drift, uh, but different not in a bad way. Uh, uh, it just just different. It just has a different feel to it. Also, straight out the box, you can drift this thing. Uh, it handles very well, just like the YD2 uh, handles very nicely. Uh, but for me, I'd rate the the YD2 a little bit above the the RMX. Just my opinion, not a fact. Everybody is different. 
So, um, yeah, and uh, currently now uh, I'm drifting the overdose car. Now, this thing I must say, uh, in its base form, it comes with carbon fiber uh, decks and very high quality uh, plastic parts. Uh, I'd rate the plastic on the on the on the overdose higher than the the Yokomo. Not that the Yokomo uh, plastic isn't uh, good. Uh, it's uh, I found it a very high quality as well uh, compared to other chassis uh, I've had. But uh, when it came to the overdose, uh, I don't know about the, the rest. But for me, I found the plastic to be higher quality than the than the Yokomo. But you know. Let's hear from you guys. What do you think? Uh, Hank again says uh, YD2 almost fully upgraded. Was recommended by others uh, and he's used it ever since. Can't compare to other brands because he didn't try them yet. And that, you know, and that's fair enough. Um, currently, like I said, like now for me, I'm, uh, I'm testing, I'm driving another brand now, the Overdose brand. Uh, and so far, geez, this thing is amazing. Um, and I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm having an absolute blast with the, uh, with the overdose. Um, the, I'm finding the, the IFS system uh, very interesting though. I, I thought I'd have more issues with it, but so far so good. second guys let me just sort it out okay sorry about that I just went through the toll road and to pay the toll fees you know how that goes so yeah I'm using the the overdose gum at the moment now and this thing is like another beast altogether uh, the layout is very different from the, the YD2 it's also a hell of a lot lighter than the YD2. Um, look, maybe it's because um, uh, it's currently it doesn't have any uh, aluminium upgrades compared to my YD2 with uh, with almost all with almost fully uh, aluminium upgrade. Um, I think it just uh, caught me by surprise at how light it is but you know even with the electronics in there it's actually it's actually very light it really is a very light chassis um, so it, it it's rather interesting uh, I'm still trying to get used and, uh, and tune it for for my driving style um, so uh, you know we just have to wait and see uh, how well it compares. Uh, again, like I said, the setup is quite different to to what I'm used to, uh, especially up in the front, where I'm used to the the regular uh, front shock uh, tower and having to uh, having to be able to 
you know, adjust the shocks up in the front, the shock positions. So this IFS system, I think, takes a little bit of time to get used to if you haven't uh, used that system before. So very interesting, very, very interesting. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to, currently we talk, for the guys that just joined in, we're talking about rear wheel drive chassis. We're having a conversation about uh, the different, the, the current main brands out there uh, in the rear wheel drive world, which is the uh, Yokomo YD2, the Overdose Gum versus the RMX. I know there's other brands. You, you got the, the Usukani PDS. There's the, the D-like hybrid. Oh, that's a whole other ball game altogether. If you are looking for the realistic or, or realism out of your out of rear wheel drive, if you are aiming for hyper realism, I won't say hyper realism, I think that's going too far. But uh, trying to get that realistic uh, uh, drifting out of your car. A D-like hybrid, the RER hybrid, is the way to go. And with the recent uh, introduction uh, from D-like uh, with the multi-link system, it, it's taken the, the hybrid to new levels that we haven't seen before. Now, I, I'd like to talk about the, the RER uh, hybrid but that's a whole separate conversation altogether. It's not quite a, a competitive uh, chassis, but we'll get into that in another episode. Uh, so yeah, we have, you know, let's hear what you guys think about your chassis. What do you think about the MSCR? Is it better than the YD2? Is it better than the, uh, the overdose car? Is your Yoko better than the than the Garm? Is the Garm better than the than the Yoko? I want to hear your opinions. What do you think about it? Um, what are you driving? Are you uh, tried all three? You know, let us know in the comments and uh, uh, let's let's have a conversation about that. Let's just see. Uh, it's it's not it's not to say that one's better or the other it's just let's hear your opinions your feedback matters so I'm very interested to hear from you so let's hear it so the next thing uh, attached to that uh, we we can start looking at um, your rear-wheel drive chassis from ready to run your your kits or your ready to run kits right up to having uh, these chassis running a fully upgraded fully hopped up chassis um, so if you're just starting out in the hobby and you want to get something uh, going uh, an RER, uh, RTR kit is actually quite a good way to start it gives you everything that you need all in one uh, with the freedom to uh, sort of make your adjustments here and there and get you going. Uh, it's also uh, you will be able to upgrade as you upgrade your skill. So you should uh, ideally as a newbie 
you should look at something like that start off small don't go wild and crazy at first start off take it easy watch what the other guys are using and then pick up from there uh, obviously your your RCR kits uh, are a lot uh, uh, cheaper than a fully hopped chassis so always look into your budget your fully upgraded chassis uh, guys you don't necessarily need all of the hop-ups as you progress in your RC drifting career you will notice for yourself that some of the upgrades uh, are not really required uh, and just add uh, weight that sometimes you don't need uh, however at the same time if you are somebody who's uh, particular about the equipment they use um, and you like you like your, your blink you're a you're a blink kind of guy you're a collector perhaps and you want to go for every single thing uh, aluminium by all means go for it uh, you you all already have an idea of uh, pricing and what you're getting yourself into uh, uh, at the same time you must also keep in mind that uh, when manufacturers release uh, these aluminium hop-ups or carbon fiber hop-ups it's not just uh, an alternative to the plastic or it's not just an upgrade from the plastic it also has a lot of uh, technical uh, ability or it's an upgrade to the technical side of your chassis it's also giving you more tuning uh, options so you can fine-tune your chassis even more than the plastic parts uh, that your chassis uh, already comes with so there's certainly some uh, aluminium upgrades that you'll uh, that you you'll want to get because it provides that that amount of uh, tuning ability so definitely look into that at the same time uh, as I've mentioned a little bit earlier uh, please remember you're gonna go full aluminium you better be prepared to uh, aluminium hop-ups may not necessarily be all but it's it's never really uh, uh, it's sometimes not that expensive either so when you want to go fully hop up I'd suggest you uh, get the most critical parts first uh, lower arms upper arms knuckles steering uh, shop towels I think so just my opinion but yeah, those so for me, those are the, the critical parts that you wanna uh, you wanna get going first, uh, and then get the rest of the stuff. So yeah, look to that; would be very interesting. Uh, sometimes uh, drifting can get a, can be an expensive game, guys. Can be an expensive game. So again, let's hear uh, what you guys uh, think of. The, the RTR kits compared to the fully hop-ups are. Uh, do you, we need it? What do you think? Let us know. Um, the last couple things I'd like to uh, touch on 
is um, uh, with regards to the check again guys uh, I don't know about you but uh, over the last couple of years I'd, I'd say let's go back two years I've heard of so many drift checks globally and it's a it, it, it kind of it makes me very hot so and it breaks my heart when I, I hear about checks closing down and not uh, and not for uh, a serious reason like uh, you know the, the rent is up and the landlord refuses to uh, renew the contract or renew the rental contract or maybe the, the owner has passed on and therefore they're selling the property where the check is at you know that kind of thing uh, what really uh, breaks my heart is uh, checks closing down because people stopped supporting the check as in they stopped going to the check anymore that's like the worst kind of depth for a, for a drift track ever guys it's so important to support your local drift track so so important again it, it all adds to the longevity of the club longevity of uh, the hobby and uh, longevity of this whole hobby as a whole for generations you're not gonna uh, you know you're not gonna see uh, drift cars again and what it uh, what it does mean as well is that uh, you actually uh, you're killing a hobby or an activity for your community think about it that way by you supporting your local track you're not just uh, supporting the track itself you actually uh, adding value to your local community and local neighborhood in terms of external uh, activities extracurricular activities we can't only be stuck uh, at home in our consoles on our ps4s and our xboxes and pcs uh, playing games like uh, Assetta and uh, Forza and uh, Need for Speed and stuff like that. Guys, there's a whole world out there, outside our doors, just waiting to be explored and uh, lived in. And drifting isn't just about taking your, your car and hitting the track. It's, it's also a very social uh, hobby. An incredible social hobby. Uh, I found myself many times hitting the track and drifting, uh, being at the track side for hours on end, and drifting at most for about an hour, and then the rest of the time just socializing. Uh, wow, Jesus, <laughs> socializing uh, with my friends, uh, talking about drifting, or just talking about themselves, talking about uh, what's going on in our lives sharing and, and caring with the next guy that's how you grow the hobby that's how you grow the, the brotherhood and that's how you grow drifting guys um, so uh, look uh, another friend of mine has sent in some really nice comments uh, some really nice feedback and I, I think I've, I've spoken quite a bit so I want to leave that and give it uh, a little bit more attention 
uh, in my next episode. Um, so yeah, guys, let's let's hear a little bit more about what you guys are running, what you think about uh, upgrading and hop-ups. What's going on at your local track? Uh, has your local track uh, uh, closed down? Uh, how are you supporting the track? Uh, and are you getting the kind of enjoyment from the track, uh, from your local track that you are looking for? So let's hear about that as well. Um, remember guys, track etiquette, very important. Always adhere to the, the track rules. Also, watch out for the new guy. Watch out for the awkward looking, lonely guy who's looking around and not quite sure what he wants to do or not quite sure what to do. Let's help each other out, guys, and grow this hobby. Uh, thank you, everybody, again for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate your uh, the support and the feedback. Please send me more feedback. Um, follow me on Facebook, or uh, you can catch me on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, if you follow me, I always follow back. Uh, and uh, again, all the episodes air on a Monday at half past 5 p.m. Central African time. Just remember, share the link. Let's get this info out there. Get people uh, talking about RC drifting again. Uh, you know, uh, let's get more people involved. Let's encourage and not discourage people from uh, RC drifting. Let's grow the hobby together and let's have fun with it, guys. So this is your boy, Bob Rock, on the, uh, the B-Rock RC show. It's a live podcast for the drifter, by a drifter. Um, thank you again for listening in. Catch you next time. Remember, keep drifting fun. Peace!